0: Welcome to Food Forward, Nourishing the World with your host, Alan Weiner. Over the next hour, you'll explore the innovative and ever-evolving solutions in everyone's favorite topic, food. Now, here's your host, Alan. Welcome
1: to Food Forward, Nourishing the World. I'm your host, Alan Weiner. Greetings from the Sunshine State. We have a very, very special show in store for you today on a topic that I've been waiting to do since we first started our series way back in August. Let me ask you this. When you go shopping at the grocery store or farmer's market or wherever you buy your food, how careful are you on what you buy? At the end of the week, what do you do with leftovers when you clean out your cupboard? What do you do with cans or jars whose date shows that it has expired? Do you know where your local food bank is? How carefully do you look at the sell by date on products you buy at the supermarket? If, this, if you sum all of these questions up, the ultimate question is, how much food do you waste? Let's look at some of the facts. Number one, roughly one third of all food produced globally worth about $1 trillion gets lost or wasted every year. Number two, food waste accounts for eight to ten percent of global greenhouse gas emissions. If it were a country, it would be the third largest emitter of the U.S. after U.S. and China. About forty percent of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten, equaling about four hundred pounds of waste per person per year. Fruits and vegetables make up the largest proportion, thirty-nine percent of Uneaten food in U.S. retail and consumer setting. Households in industrialized countries. Confusing date labels like sell-by and best before lead to edible food getting discarded. Less than 3% of food waste in the U.S. is recovered and recycled. Most ends up in landfills. Food waste costs the average American family of four about $1,500 per year. Reducing food losses by 15% could provide food for more than 25 million people annually. So what are some of the countries in the world doing about addressing food waste? In France, in 2016, France became the first country to ban supermarkets from throwing away unused food, requiring them to donate to charities or food banks instead. This law has helped cut food waste in half in just five years. South Korea passed a food waste law in 2013, requiring food waste to be separated from regular trash and banned food waste from landfills. Citizens were charged for food waste disposal based on weight, this greatly reduced waste. Denmark is working toward a 50% reduction in food waste by 2030. Initiatives include a strong focus on consumer awareness, campaigns, and promoting the use of doggy bags in restaurants to cut plate waste. I guarantee you those doggy bags are recyclable. The UK has committed to reduce food waste by 20% by 2025 through its court awed commitment. This voluntary agreement engages organizations across the food industry. Japan enacted the Food Recycling Law in 2001, which requires businesses to measure, report, and reduce food loss. This law made businesses aware of wasteful practices. Singapore, with its Save Food, Cut Waste campaign, Singapore increased awareness of food waste and spurred actions across households, schools, businesses, and the government. Canada is developing a national food waste reduction strategy and has a target to cut food waste in half by 2030. The efforts focus on collaboration across sectors. All right, so we have countries. So, what can people do? Guarantee you our two guests that we have this afternoon are going to help you understand what you can do. But here are some five five solutions. Number one is consumer education. Providing consumers with better information on food date labels, proper storage techniques, meal planning, and creative ways to use leftovers can help prevent waste at home. There are so many menu apps and I know of one in particular that you can get that you can put in. What do you what do I have in my refrigerator? And it will tell you, you know, how you can take all of that and make it into, you know, a recipe of something very, very interesting. Uh, Let me find the app. It's called Plant Jammer, P-L-A-N-T, J-A-M-M-E-R. It's really cool. Packaging improvements. Innovations in packaging can extend food shelf life and freshness, reducing spoilage. Examples are better seals, modified atmosphere packaging, and antimicrobial coatings. Number three is the supply chain efficiency. Streamlining production, transport, and storage through improved harvesting techniques, cold chain management, and inventory tracking can reduce food losses. I can tell you this is an area in which there's a tremendous amount of technology being developed, sensors that can, you know, help identify spoilage throughout the um, food, you know, uh, supply chain, and even when it's in the grocery store. So look for that to be a major, major area of improvement. Recovery and recycling food donation, animal feed, industrial uses, and composting are ways to recover edible food and recycle inedible portions, keeping food out of landfills. And our our second guest today is going to get into that in a big way. Policy and regulations. Governments can institute policies like tax incentives, grants, public-private partnerships, and awareness campaigns to support reductions in food waste. Bans on food waste can also drive change. Um, At this point, I need to tell you before we move on, if you don't know where your local food bank is, I suggest that you go to Google and search. I assure you, you cannot possibly live in a part of the world that does not have some sort of food bank. If you can't find one immediately, um, I suggest you, you contact your local house of worship that is often a place where you will find food bank programs. So we've talked a lot about artificial intelligence. So how can artificial intelligence uh, help reduce food waste? The first thing is predictive analytics. Artificial intelligence can analyze data like weather forecasts, supply chain flows, and consumer purchase patterns to better predict supply and demand. This allows for more targeted production and inventory management. Dynamic pricing, and we're going to learn about that in a few minutes. Using artificial intelligence, retailers can dynamically adjust prices on perishable items, approaching expiration dates to increase sales and to decrease discards. Spoilage detection. Using AI sensors on packaging paired with AI can track freshness and detect spoilage early, allowing for time to repurpose the food as I just mentioned. Inventory management. AI algorithms can optimize ordering, shipping, and stocking at stores to minimize surplus foods. Robots can assist with inventory tracking and replenishment. Meal kit formulas. AI can design optimal recipes and proportions for meal kits to minimize unused ingredients and food waste it would be interesting to have a a number of the meal kit companies uh, on the show and, and learn what they're doing to make sure that they have the exact proper proportions to eliminate food waste. Consumer apps, apps powered by AI can provide users recipe recommendations based on food items they need to use up along with storage guidance to maximize freshness. If you go back a few shows, where we talked about AI. Um, My friend and colleague, Mike Wolf from The Spoon, we spent a, a good deal of time talking about AI and we talked about the apps. Automated quality control. Computer vision AI can automatically detect bruises, ripeness and sort produce to reduce food to appropriate uses or recipients. And I know in the smart kitchen, There are refrigerators that are trying to bake this into their product where they can automatically detect spoiled food and you can um, get food that's about to be ripe uh, used quickly. Logistics coordination. AI can optimize the routing of food donations to redirect surplus edible food from retailers and restaurants to food banks and charities. With more applications, AI and automation hold promise to significantly reduce food waste across the supply chain. All right, so get a pencil and paper. Let's write down some of these apps and they will also put them on our webpage, www.foodforwardradio.com. Number one, too good to go. The app connects restaurants to users and grocery stores that have unsold surplus food at the end of the day. Users can buy and collect this food at big discounts before it's thrown out. Oleo. This app enables neighbors and local stores to list free food they have to spare. Users nearby can claim it. Oleo also has a selection for non-food household items. Karma. Karma allows users to buy unsold meals and groceries from local restaurants and shop at a discount while donating meals to those in need. Food for All. This app partners with grocery stores to sell their surplus food at steep discounts. Purchases on the app help fund meals for food insecure families. Meal Connect. This app helps connect businesses with excess food to donation centers and charities. It streamlines the process of donations. Fridge Pal. This app provides storage guidance for fridge items. It sends alerts about food expiration and offers recipes to help users eat leftovers and reduce waste. Let me remind you again of the app I mentioned before Plant Jammer, which will allow you to put what it is you have in your cupboard and in your refrigerator, and you can tell it what kind of meal you want it to prepare, and you will get a recipe. It is really cool. Stocked, this meal planning app learns users' preferences and designs grocery lists to eliminate food spoilage and waste from overbuying. And lastly, one called Too Good to Waste. Now, this is specific for those of you listening in New Zealand. This app has an inventory feature to track foods and alert when they're close to expiration. Now, before I go on with a little special feature at the beginning of the show, I want to remind you that you can follow Food Forward Radio here on the Voice America website uh, on our show page. You can find past episodes on demand. They're essentially uh, on every podcast platform. I like to think of them as radio on demand episodes. You can follow us on Twitter slash X, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. So um, if you've missed something and you want to see resources, we have them everywhere. So here's a poem about food waste. I read it to my wife and it brought her to tears. So get your Kleenex ready. In a world of bounty, wide and vast, too often we forget the past, where every morsel, every taste was cherished, not left to waste. A forgotten turning blue, tomatoes soft. No longer new. Fruits once vibrant, now they fade. In the bin, they're often laid. Yet, think of hands that sowed the seed, the farmers toil, the mouths to feed. Every plate a story tells of Earth's gift in which it dwells. Fields of gold, oceans deep, mountains high, valleys steep, all come together on our plate, yet wasteful habits we create. Why toss away what nature gives when so many struggle just to live? Let's honor food in all its grace and put an end to needless waste. For in every grain, every slice lies the labor, the sacrifice. To waste is to forget the chain of love, labor, sun, and rain. Let's pledge anew to value, save each bite, each sip the earth gave. For in respected what we eat, we make the world whole and complete. We'll be back after this message.
2: From the vivid imagination of acclaimed author Alan Weiner comes a mystery series that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Meet Max Rosen, a spirited young newspaper reporter who finds himself entangled in a web of suspense, secrets and danger in what goes up. Rosen's instincts lead him to a mystery that soars beyond expectations. This journey continues in Tickle Takedown, where the stakes get higher, the mysteries deeper. And just when you think you have him figured out, Max evolves a nose job, taking us into the mature and thrilling world of investigative journalism. Alan Weiner crafts a world filled with adventure, where every clue counts, every lead matters, and every page turns faster than the last. Dive into the Max Rosen Mysteries series today. Available now on Amazon.com. Max Rosen Mysteries, where intrigue and adventure await at the turn of every page. Brought to you by Alan Weiner, writing stories that take you on a journey, one mystery at a time.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Welcome back to Food Forward with Alan Weiner. Have a question for Alan or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome to Food Forward, the show
1: that delves into the future of our food systems. Today, we are joined by a visionary who's tackling food waste head on. Josh Dominguez, the founder of Flash Foods, is here to discuss how his innovative platform collaborates with grocery stores to give near expiration foods a second chance, ensuring they end up on our plates and
3: not in the landfill. Josh, welcome to Food Forward. How are you today? Alan, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk. So for people that aren't familiar with Flash Foods, tell us a little bit about what it is and how it works. Sure. Flash Food is a mobile app that helps grocery stores make food available at up to 50% discounts that are nearing their sell-by date. So if food has two or three days of shelf life, instead of it getting thrown out, they mark the price down usually by 50%, make it available on the Flash Food app users see the deal through their phone on the Flashfood app, pay through through their phone. And when they get to the store, they pick up their purchase in the Flashfood zone, which is right beside the customer service desk. So usually you get to the store, you go to the customer service desk, you say, my name's Josh, I bought this chicken through Flashfood. They have a device where they confirm your name, they click confirm, give you your chicken breast, hand you your item, and you're good to go. And you've saved about 50% on that order.
1: So one of the things I've learned about technology being in the business for over 20 years is that in order to make things simple for the consumer there's a lot of work that goes in the back end that people don't see. Can you give us just a little bit of a synopsis of how you connect the grocery stores and how grocery stores then are able to, you know, enter their food into a database or application?
3: Yeah. Yeah, sure. And and you hit the nail on the head. It's very, very difficult to be simple with technology. So the way that we integrate with our partners is there's actually a flash food partner app that's on the store's devices. So as they scan out their product, they then scan it again and it auto populates on the flash food app at roughly 50% off. So we've basically taken their data feed, ingested it into the back end on their behalf and made it available so that it's just one scan for them to put product on the FlashFood app, and they just hit the inventory button. And then for our shoppers, they see the deal through their phone. So you look at the app, there's a map view. you, you see all the stores around you, you click the store, and each store will have something unique available because they're not all posting the same thing. So you just add it to your basket, you pay for it through the app, and then you go pick it up in the store anytime, usually that day. So we basically took the discount food rack, made it look cool, put it on your cell phone. That's pretty cool. Indeed.
1: So I watched a video that showed um, a person using the app. I think it was last year. And there was a, a storage locker that they went to similar to what Amazon has in Whole Foods. Yeah. Do you still do that? Or is it all now just go to the customer service?
3: Yeah. So that flash food zone, which you referenced, it's it's similar to like an Instacart, uh, sorry, an Amazon locker style in the store. The flash food cooler and the flash food zone is beside the customer service desk. So as a user, after you make a purchase through the app, that is where you go in the store, the flash food zone, which happens to be beside customer service. They have a device with a list of names of all the people coming to pick it up. You just say your name, they click confirm, and they either hand you your item out of the flash food zone, or they just instruct you to grab it yourself. But that's the process. So we have a big purple fridge in all of our stores. That's neat. So um, how many stores
1: are you in right now? And did, and can you break it down, Canada versus uh, US?
3: Yeah, we're in just over 1,900 locations, and about 1,100 or 1,150 of them are in America. The remainder are in Canada. And in America, those are chains like Stop and Shop, Meijer, the Giant Company, Giant Eagle, um, Spartan Nash locations, and others. Mm -hmm. Predominantly Midwest and Northeast, and hoping to have quite a substantial scale in the coming twelve months to to target more states and more markets. Mm -hmm.
1: So we'll circle back around to that, but I want to kind of get to the origins of this. So I. I read um, the story on your website, but if you could share yeah. that with everyone, um, it had something to do with your your sister and food waste?
3: Yeah, sure. So this is um, the story of food waste and, and throwing out food is not unique. I feel like everybody's thought about, hey, what happens with all this excess food? How I got into this story and how Flash Food became a company is my younger sister's a chef and she called me after a catering event. She's like, I just threw out $4,000 worth of food. And she was pretty upset about that. So I calmed her down. And for the next few days, I started reading about food waste. And what I learned is when food gets thrown out, most times it ends up in a landfill, gets covered by other garbage. And when it rots, it doesn't have any oxygen. And that whole process produces methane gas so the statistic that really changed my life was if international food waste were a country, it'd be the third leading cause of greenhouse gas emission behind the US and China, which absolutely floored me. And at the time, I lived on top of a grocery store in my condo building, and I thought two things. One, how much food do these stores throw out every day? And two, what's the lead time from the time they throw it out till the sell-by date? And what I learned is the average store throws out anywhere from five dollars to $10,000 worth of food every single day. And that food's anywhere from two to three days to sometimes weeks before the sell by date. And the reason is not just big bad retailer, it's also us as consumers. When we go grocery shopping, we're always reaching at the back for whatever has the longest shelf life. And all the near dated stuff moves to the front and we just don't take it. And in addition to that, if we go buy a watermelon and there's only one on the shelf, as consumers, we assume it's the worst one. So retailers have to overstock the shelf so that we get selection. So with both of those competing forces working, The idea was, if there's a way for the store to mark the price of the food down and send me a notification, I could see the deal through my phone, pay through my phone, and pick it up in the store the same day. People would shop like that all the time. And that's exactly what we built. Now, there are lots of people that walk
1: around and shake their head and say, God, I can't believe how much food is being wasted. But the skills in order to take that concept and do what you've done, what is your background? And- What kind of technology did you have to build?
3: My background is in finance and management consulting. And prior to starting FlashFood, I had tried to build a couple of apps myself, hiring developers internationally. And that's actually what we did for the very, very first early version of the FlashFood app just to get it going. And then once we had some commercial traction from a grocer and a pilot, we raised money and hired a firm based in Toronto, and they rebuilt the entire app from the ground up. And since then, I mean, we're now at a company of about 100 people, uh, probably 50% of the company is tech and is engineering and product. So a lot of the stuff that we built has been in-house. And we've had to build it so that we can facilitate now. I mean, hundreds of thousands of monthly active shoppers uh, We're selling millions of products a year. The infrastructure has just had to continue to Develop and be built up so that the foundation of the company can continue to be simple for both our retail partners and for our shoppers. And that's again a lot more difficult to build than it is to say it. To say to build, um, but that's my background. It was finance and consulting, and and a foray into tech a few times. And then as we've continued to grow the business, we have world class technologists within the company now. Our CTO is world class, and and our team is incredible. And so we're building the infrastructure of a, a business that can scale, hopefully internationally. Is the ambition?
1: So, with all of the um, you know transactions that's been that's taken place, you must accumulate a lot of data. Um, what is the most surprising or alarming insight that you've gained about food waste?
3: From the data that we've captured over the years, one of the most pleasantly surprising things to see from our shopper base is the challenge that the industry has assumed for for decades. So the problem that there's still food waste at the store is plentiful. Supply chains are difficult. It's hard to get fresh food out. But what retailers have assumed by way of managing their business is that people don't want to buy that food in the last two or three days they want to select fresher food, which is the case, right? Like that's why you have shoppers that don't grab it in the stores. What we've seen from shoppers and what retailers have learned by way of our partnership is that there's a large cohort of folks that are willing to go out of their way and pick that food up. And a lot of them happen to be new shoppers to those stores. Um, So I think one of the things that is most exciting in this process is that it's been a journey with our retail partners And their receptiveness and their openness now to look at food waste, food loss, surplus food as an opportunity instead of just the cost of doing business has dramatically changed over the last seven years since I started the company. And that gives me a lot of positive outlook of the future because it's not just flash food that's going to solve this food waste problem. And it's not just retail grocery chains that are going to solve it. This is, it's going to take a village. There's a lot of different areas where food loss is occurring. And there's a lot of people that need food that can access healthy, fresh food. So connecting those dots in a lot of ways is just so important for us to do. And I'm really proud that we're working with world-class retailers to to make that happen, to give us a chance to do what we're doing, and then now to see the the incredible output that's coming from it. So that that would be the thing that I'm I'm most optimistic of and excited about learning over the past few years. Yeah, that leads to two questions.
1: Um, The first one is... More than, than grocery stores and, and food markets, you have restaurants and you pointed out that your sister as a caterer, had a huge amount of waste. How can restaurants and independent food purveyors take advantage of this?
3: It's a good question. We actually do not work with restaurants or food purveyors. We've made the decision early on that we're going to be the best in the world at grocery. And coming back to your earlier point, it's very difficult to be simple with technology. And our focus has always been to partner with grocery chains and to be the best in the world and the simplest provider to solve this problem with them. And that's what we've really narrowed our focus on. Now, it's saying that there are other solutions in the market that are dealing with restaurants, cafeterias, catering companies that have a somewhat similar model that I think are also relatively effective in those segments. Mm -hmm. Very difficult to cross over to be great in grocery because it's a completely different world really when it comes to software and the expectations in a store of 120,000 square feet with temp workers most times that are changing over and, and you have a lot of training that has to happen is a lot different than doing something like this at a cafe. Right. With two or three employees, like they're yeah. just they're different worlds in my mind. So we focused all on grocery, and there are others doing this in cafes and restaurants that have been effective. That that could help some of those locations.
1: So that leads to the other question: um, I'm a grocer, and I've put a bunch of food out in discount, but I've hit the sell by date. It's you know there, and maybe a day after. Do you have a mechanism to connect stores to like food banks and shelters or for shelters and food banks to kind of come in and take
3: the food that even can't be sold through flash foods? It's a really great suggestion. This is, this is something that we're working on in partnership with some of those, some of those organizations that you talked about. Again, like it's not going to be one solution that solves everything and there's, food banks, pantries that are doing incredible jobs and have for decades. And we're actively working on building solutions to do what you just suggested. Being for the food that doesn't get sold on flash food, how do we make sure that it gets in the mouth of people who need it? And how do we partner with other stakeholders that are doing so in a really effective way in our markets? Now, what I'll say is we've scaled really quickly. So we're in 1900 stores. And I think like, I don't know, 1500 of them have come in the last three-ish years. So while we're scaling in new markets, new states, new communities, there is a little bit of a a time lag to partner with those local organizations, but we feel really confident about what the future looks like in partnership with other organizations.
1: So you mentioned uh, the desire to go international with this. What is the likely first target in terms of international uh, partners?
3: I don't have an answer for you on that because we don't know exactly where the next place that we're going to go is. The focus right now is on scaling this to every community in America. We're in nearly every community across Canada or a lot of them, and we want to be in the same, I guess, scale across America because there's folks everywhere who need us to be there and there's partners who need us to be in their stores. And as it relates to international, I mean, I'll kind of turn it back to you, Alan. Like, what do you think? Who's someone, given your experience, who's an international retailer that you think would be a good partner for us?
1: Well, what to me, about I about I look to um, the large food chains that are based in Europe. In fact, many of the large food chains in Europe have footprints here in the United States. They have you know yeah. companies that, that are here. So you know, have ahold, you have um, you know the parent company of Aldi's, you have Lidl, oh. you have Tesco, um, all of whom I'm sure are are interested in some way or another. And I I think it's kind of a a um, you know a, you find one leader in this space, yeah. say in the UK, uh, then you will probably get lots of other companies who would you know want to follow suit. That would be my take proximity wise um you do have the you know the the language and culture issue uh in Mexico but you know the proximity is there and probably the logistics okay. and all that make it simple but I can't imagine that there's an area this is a double negative that <laughs> isn't you know interested no. in, in this space
3: you're you're exactly right it's a good problem to have there's a lot of developing and developed countries in the world that could use what we're doing. And so, again, the focus is getting in every community in America. In America, we're partnered with Ajo Delhaze and, and their banners, the giant company and Stop and Shop, at pretty significant scale. So it seems like a natural uh, continuation of the partnership. Um, but like you said, Mexico would be a great place too. Latin America, Oceania, like there's there's a lot of places in the world that could use this. We want exactly. to be the best in class in America first yeah. and then scale up accordingly. That's okay. a good thought. I, a lot of your thoughts are aligned with how we're thinking. So um before we wrap up, tell people again how they can uh take advantage of Flash Food. You can download the Flash Food app on any Android or iOS device. So iPhone, Android phone, and again it's Flash Food one word. I'll caveat with that. We're going to continue to scale to new markets across America. So be excited if you download the app and there's no stores immediately around you, that'll hopefully change soon in the new year. And we're really excited to continue this expansion. And Alan, I'm I'm really grateful to have spoken to you and to have me on on today. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank Josh Dominguez, the founder of Flash Foods. We will be back after this message.
2: From the vivid imagination of acclaimed author Alan Weiner, comes a mystery series that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Meet Max Rosen, a spirited young newspaper reporter who finds himself entangled in a web of suspense, secrets, and danger. In what goes up, Rosen's instincts lead him to a mystery that soars beyond expectations. This journey continues in Tickle Takedown, where the stakes get higher, the mysteries deeper, and just when you think you have him figured out, Max evolves a nose job, taking us into the mature and thrilling world of investigative journalism. Alan Weiner crafts a world filled with adventure, where every clue counts, every lead matters, and every page turns faster than the last. Dive into the Max Rosen Mysteries series today, available now on Amazon.com. Max Rosen Mysteries, where intrigue and adventure await at the turn of every page brought to you by Alan Weiner, writing stories that take you on a journey, one mystery at a time.
1: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Welcome back to Food Forward with Alan Weiner. Have a question for Alan or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Food Forward,
1: Nourishing the World. I'm your host, Alan Weiner. Next, we have a very special guest, Jeremy Lang, founder of Lomi the innovative appliance that turns your food waste into usable compost. And first, a disclaimer. Um, My wife and I purchased a Lomi, I want to say maybe a year and a half, two years ago. It sits about, oh, 20 feet from where I am right now. And I assure you, it is in process of turning kitchen scraps and everything else into compost. It's an amazing product, and I paid for it. Um, I have no interest in it whatsoever financially. I'm just a big, big fan. So I'd like to welcome Jeremy Lang, founder of Lomi, who will talk about the product. He'll talk about his background and everything else. Jeremy,
4: welcome. Hey, thanks, Alan. And thank you for the support. Really appreciate it. And I'm uh, grateful to be here to speak with you. Great. I, I know you have a terrific story, so I want to
1: dive right into it. What what inspired you to create this countertop composting appliance? Was it something you saw in the market, or was it something after you developed um, Pella, the uh, recyclable
4: smartphone case? Sure, yeah, it actually go. You know, it started with waste. Alan. Uh we're on a mission to create a waste free future. And when I was a boy, I, it's, I remember seeing flax straw being burned in the fields and you know, thinking that was wasteful. So what can we use this instead of burning it? What can we use the strong fibers in the flax straw for? So I remember that was in the back of my head. Uh, fast forward, I got a Bachelor of Science in Agriculture and I started working as an environmental consultant, cleaning up contaminated sites in Western Canada. But I always wanted to start my own company. So in 2007, I just uh, bit the bullet and I started a company. I called it Open Mind Developments. And the idea was to look at things with an open mind for a different view and solve problems. It's actually from an old Metallica song, Nothing Else Matters. But I started looking for problems to solve. And then uh, Christmas of 2008, I was on uh, a beach in Kauai with my son, who was a year and a half at the time, and my wife. And we're, you know, the beautiful secluded beach digging in the sand and there were little pieces of plastic everywhere. And that really bothered me. That That, that was a problem that I wanted to solve. Um, solve the plastic waste problem. So started working on that and learned more about plastic. And then I learned about alternatives to plastic. So biopolymers that are biodegradable and compostable. But the problem at the time was uh, those products were very brittle. Those biopolymers, so they had very limited applications. So that's when it kind of clicked. I can use this flax fiber waste product, in quotation marks, to uh, combine with a biopolymer to make a stronger material that can be applied to more products. So developed flax stick and then needed a product to apply it to. And um, the iPhone had come out, iPhone four days. So this is now 2010-ish. And uh, it seemed really wasteful, again, the (laughs) waste that, you know, the average person keeps their phone for two years, yet the case to protect it will last for hundreds or thousands of years and end up in landfill. So we created a new category around compostable phone cases, so um, called Pila. And as we did that, we realized the material was great. Like, it, you know, when it's in a composting environment, it goes back to the earth, just mimics nature. There is really no waste in nature, right? Plastic is very unnatural and it just keeps building in a linear progression. So um, it's great that it goes back to the earth. But what we realized is there wasn't the infrastructure out there to handle all these compostable, um, you know, bioplastic products. So we said, uh, well, what if we create a device that could take our compostable phone case and break it down so just to solve that end of life issue and to solve that infrastructure problem and along the way we discovered how wasteful food waste was so um that's how we developed Lomi. it was actually we we look at a lot of obstacles as opportunities so we were solving our own problem our own infrastructure problem or an infrastructure problem for compostable plastics but along the way we discovered how wasteful food waste was food waste is not waste Right? I think that's a very important thing we need to think about. It is a very valuable, precious, natural resource, and we need to do everything we can do to keep it out of the, out of the landfill and get it back to the soil where it belongs so we can regenerate the soil and grow healthy plants. So that's what we're doing with Lomi.
1: So I read that um, along the way you brought on some partners that added Absolutely. their specific talents to the, to the work that you were doing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
4: Yeah, for sure. So I uh, launched the very first PILA case in 2011, uh, working out of the basement, you know, until 2015. Well, actually right up till 2017. But 2015, I was working as a full-time consultant, environmental consultant, and I realized I needed help, like my wife and kids, mm-hmm. everyone were helping out. But I had these, you know, big dreams for the company, but uh, I didn't know how to get there. I knew how to make the product. I didn't know how to market it, and I didn't know how to scale it. So I applied to an entrepreneur event. It's called Mastermind Talks. And I got accepted into it. And that's where I met Matt, uh, first uh, partner and co-founder. He's our CEO. He knew how to market the product. And Brad, who is uh, our other partner and co-founder, he knew how to scale the product. So we had, then the three of us kind of came together with make market scale and really, really nailed things down, uh, our mission down in 2018 to create a waste-free future. And that's our North Star. And that's what guides us in, in everything we do. So it was a it was a big change from when it went from I've got this to we've got this. And, uh, you know, other people believing in your dream and making it come true. So the very, very powerful stuff there, um, you know to have partners involved and helping out with that. Let's talk about the Lomi. Yeah. How does Lomi
1: work? Um, how does it compost food? Can you give us kind of a, a general understanding of the technology behind it? Sure, so
4: the, it basically adds energy. So uh, the example I often give is if an apple falls to the ground, that apple might take six months or a year, you know, to fully break down. The microorganisms will eat it, the earthworms, you know, break it down. The sun will heat it up and dry it out and and it'll go back to the earth and fertilize, you know, the soil and the plants. So um, if you put that apple into a compost bin, it might take months to break down. So more heat, more energy, more microorganisms. In Lomi, we just accelerate that by adding energy. So we heat it up, we mix it, we aerate it. Um, So create an optimal environment to break it down. And the end product is, we call it loamy earth. It's not quite compost, but it doesn't matter. Like plants and animals, they're supposed to go back into the earth. That's nature's fertilizer. So uh, composting is one way and loamy earth makes an incredible compost feedstock. But we've done a lot of uh, testing uh, in soil testing, just, you know, applying loamy earth directly to the lawn and to your gardens and to um, farms. And it's just, it's amazing results. What we're seeing, we're seeing higher growth. Uh, higher you know, plant yield, but also more nutrient-dense plants. And it seems amazing, but really it's not because that was nature's fertilizer. Plants and animals, when they die, are supposed to go back to the earth. So we're just trying to make it as easy as possible for people to put their food scraps in Lomi, push the button, and get it into a form that it can go directly back into the soil, or you can put it into a, uh, your compost bin, uh, in your backyard compost, or it can go to an industrial composter. They like it because it's a nice, clean, light feedstock, Uh, it reduces contamination and helps make their uh, process more efficient as well.
1: So um, I know with the Lomi, there is a good, better, best setting. And I think that relates to the amount of time. Can you explain the end product? So I have my food scraps and we'll talk about other things that you can put in as well. So I have my food scraps and I guess nutshells or what have you. And what's the difference between the result
4: that's good, better, best? Sure. So we have three modes. We have an Eco Express mode. That's our fastest mode. That's probably the one that gets used the most. I, I use that the most. We run it every night and it's like three to five hours. That end product, you can put it, you know, into your soil, you can put it on your lawn. If you want, uh, you know, if you are more, more of like a, a really hardcore gardener and you want to put it into make a really more better end product with more a little bit more microbial activity, we have a grow mode and that just holds it like a little longer, more like 20 to 24 hours. And it just gives those microorganisms a little uh, longer chance to grow and thrive. So you're getting a more microbial active end product, but um, you can do it either way. Um, And then we also have a uh, Lomi approved mode. So this gets back to, these are for certified compostable uh, packaging and uh, plastic products. So those are ones that we test and uh, we run them in Lomi and that helps them break down in lomi so when they do end up at a compost facility or in a home compost they they end their life as they were intended to be unfortunately the big problem in the compost industry and um, a lot of they get a lot of contamination of uh products are you know plastic products that are not compostable or um, don't meet their standards so when they get a load of food scraps at their facility it looks like a plastic mess and they have to spend a lot of money sorting that out and unfortunately a lot of the uh Good compostable products get screened out as well as the conventional plastic products and they end up in landfill, which is not good. So when it goes through a Lomi device first, a Lomi approved product, it breaks down, goes to a compost facility. It's already broken, partially broken down. It doesn't get screened out it, and it ends its life as, uh, as it was intended to be. It turns into, it goes back to the earth. By so compost l- Let's
1: be clear here. What yeah.
4: kind of plastic
1: products can I put in
4: in the Lomi approved um, cycle? Sure, only certified compostable products so we have a list on our website of products that we have tested so they have to be compostable number one like past all the astm testing and there's bpi testing and tv testing that's number one and then uh then we you put them in lomi and we 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 also have a lomi approved testing where we score those products just to show how much to you should expect that they'll break down and if you put a non uh biodegradable plastic into lomi it doesn't break down it'll just bend. So you that's another visual way of showing that, hey, this isn't compostable. It's not biodegradable And it helps the compost facilities clean the stream. So the human, we're looking at it as decentralizing waste management. So the in your home you can actually make that decision like check the label. Is it compostable? Is it loamy approved? Yes, I can put it in. If it's not, you're basically choosing to litter. So it's another level of screening that helps the compost facilities and helps these products reach the end of life that they were intended to to reach.
1: So, um, if I'm not mistaken, there are um, different revs of Lomi, different versions. Um, yes. What rev are we up to now, and what, how
4: does that differ from earlier versions? Yeah, we just launched uh, the second generation Lomi, which is connected. So we're trying to create a whole new category around smart waste appliances, and um, you know, to connect into your smart waste home and your smart waste city. So Lomi Bloom is our newest one that we just launched. We're really excited about that. All Lomi's going forward will be connected to an app and we can count cycle times. We know how often they're being used and we know on average you reduce your waste by about 80% going in and coming out. So we get a really good idea of how much waste you're saving, uh, how much greenhouse gases you're saving, how much Lomi Earth or you know natural fertilizer you're creating. And then we can incentivize and reward people for the, having these positive daily habits, which is really powerful and really exciting and then we can eventually roll up that data when these devices are ubiquitous we can go to a town or a city and say hey you don't have to send a truck every two weeks or every week to pick up the organics waste uh we know that this many people in the neighborhood are using uh their loamy and we know that it's decreased by 80 percent. so you can pick it up every month or every two months or you know every three months depending on the weight so that's where it's smart and connected and we're really excited about that
1: yeah, I, I know that people who know what composting is uh, can immediately kind of answer this, and that's you know the difference between traditional composting methods and using Lomi. But if you could explain, you know, the main benefit of having a device like Lomi
4: versus the other composting methods, sure. The main device or the main advantage is it makes it easier. That's what we found. Even people, we sell, a, the most Lomis we sell are in areas that already have compost collection. Like, and that little bin that you put under your sink that smells and is gross that you have to use. When people can put their food scraps in Lomi and push the button, and then in the, you know, three to five hours, have a look at it and see what you've created. You decrease the waste, the weight, the smell, the odor, and you have a, just a better, easier end product to handle and manage. And it can go directly to your soil or into your compost bin. So that's the advantage of Lomi. It makes it easier. Like 70% of Americans would like to compost, but it's just, it's hard. And that's what Lomi makes it easier to, to get you in the game and, uh, and help you recycle your organics.
1: Mm. Let's talk about response. Um, I, I would imagine the response has been you know pretty positive, but what has the response been uh, without kind of giving away any
4: company secrets?
1: How successful
4: has it been? Yeah, you know, by the end of this year, we'll have roughly 200,000 units uh, out there. So very successful. That's, we just launched them, uh, you know, a little little bit over, well, about a year and a half ago. So people love it. Once they get it, the neat part of it, it's a daily driver. Like it's something you use every day. And I still get excited about it. And I think you probably do too. (laughs) When you put your food scraps in and push the button, I'm still excited about opening the lid and seeing what it does every day. And that is very sticky and very powerful. And it helps people see to believe like you can actually see the difference that you're making. And it's um, like I said, it just helps promote that those positive daily habits and make you feel that you are doing it, uh, making a difference, which you are. So yeah, very successful and uh, we're really excited about that.
1: Actually it's not me. I can't take credit for it. Okay. My <laughs> wife is the one who is obsessed with Lomi. She sets up a uh, plastic bins uh, in the kitchen for me to take everything that I, you know, peels from carrots, potatoes, whatever, uh, nutshells and whatever. And I put them in a bin and she does the rest. Uh, explain to people the other things that you need with the machine in order to make it work. There's charcoal and yes. something else. Yeah.
4: Yeah. We have charcoal, uh, filters. So every, depending on how much you use it, you have to change it every few months that helps keep the smell down, but that charcoal, Uh, it's like biochar makes a really good soil amendment as well. So it can go into your loamy and then into, into the soil. And, um, the other thing is we have loamy pods. So these are, uh, basically it's, it's additional microorganisms that you can add to it. So you can use it without the pods. It's like using a dishwasher without the soap pods. It'll still clean the dishes, but this just uh, really increases the microbial content at the end of the, at the end of the cycle as well.
1: So lastly, um tell people how they can find Lomi because I know it's available beyond just your website right now
4: sure yeah so uh yeah our website is lomi.com and uh, we're actually doing road shows at Costco in uh in the United States so watch for a road show but we uh, announce where it is on our Instagram channel whenever we're going to be doing a road show in Costco so and we have it at the container store and other locations as well but those would be the kind of the, the biggest biggest ones right now I would like to
1: thank Jeremy Lang for joining us today. Jeremy Lang, the man behind Lomi. I'd like to thank him for his time and explaining this this terrific device. Uh, I'd love to have him back on at some point in the future to talk more about what's next for the company. You bet. Um, I also want to thank Josh Dominguez, who is from Flash Foods, who kind of helped round out the 360-degree picture of food waste and what to do with it and how to take advantage of things that you would normally just throw out and wind up in a landfill. We'll be back to wrap up after this message.
2: From the vivid imagination of acclaimed author, Alan Weiner comes a mystery series that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Meet Max Rosen, a spirited young newspaper reporter who finds himself entangled in a web of suspense, secrets, and danger. In what goes up, Rosen's instincts lead him to a mystery that soars beyond expectations. This journey continues in tickle takedown, where the stakes get higher, the mysteries deeper. And just when you think you have him figured out, Max evolves a nose-job, taking us into the mature and thrilling world of investigative journalism. Alan Weiner crafts a world filled with adventure, where every clue counts, every lead matters, and every page turns faster than the last. Dive into the Max Rosen Mysteries series today. Available now on Amazon.com, Max Rosen Mysteries, where intrigue and adventure await at the turn of every page. Brought to you by Alan Weiner, writing stories that take you on a journey, one mystery at a time. Opinions,
1: options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Welcome back to Food Forward with Alan Weiner. Have a question for Alan or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Food Forward, Nourishing the World. I am your host, Alan Wiener. Um, During one of the breaks, I got a message where somebody uh, informed me that I went through the the different... um, pieces of information about recycling and food waste in our first segment. And let me tell you how the best way to kind of get any kind of information that we've had on the show. Number one, you can email me, alan, A-L-L-E-N, at foodforwardradio.com. Also, we have a website that gives you the ability to send us information, www.foodforwardradio.com. You can follow us on X or Twitter, depending on what you call it, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Um, We will gladly respond to you. We have a section on our website called Resources, where all the information that you hear on this show uh, will be available. Um, So... Speaking of lists of things, in addition to Plant Jammer, which I talked about in the first segment, which is an app that allows you to put in what you have in your refrigerator and cupboard, I've unearthed some new ones. So there's um, one called supercook.com, which allows you to input what you have in your refrigerator and it will uh, give you a recipe based on the type of food that you're looking for one called My Fridge Food, F-R-I-D-G-E, Food, um, which you can also uh, put in My Fridge, and then Big Oven. Uh, There's two that have sections called My Ingredients, and they're the most popular sites for recipes. One is Yumly, Y-U-M-M-L-Y, and the other is All Recipes. And Food Network, of course, the um, site and app that's related to the, well, Food Network, has a a part called Shop Your Pantry, which I think is pretty cool. And then lastly, something called Taste of Home, which has a button that says, clean out your fridge, and it allows you to clean out your fridge. So I think that's pretty interesting. And also don't forget Plant Jammer. Um, So what I want to do real quickly before we close is uh, alert people to something. I, I don't do... Comedy per se on the show, but Whole Foods put out its 10 top food predictions for 2024. And if you want to read some funny things, you can see what people have said about these predictions because they're, uh, you know, partially Captain Obvious and partially uh, who knows what. But let me go through them real quick. One is using uh, the entire cacao, one is buckle up for buckwheat. One is Fancy Faux Fish. Mind you, they're talking about uh, faux caviar, but I dare you to find it in Whole Foods. Anyway, go to Whole Foods and look up their trends and have yourself a good laugh. So again, you can follow us on Facebook, X slash Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and so on. Until next week, when we have another show And you can check all of our past episodes on any of your podcast platforms. I'm Alan Wiener. And remember, eat hearty
0: and eat healthy. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Food Forward. We hope we've given you some insights into the wide world of food. Until we talk again, have a wonderful week.